0: Welcome to the Oddsbreakers, number one place for shared sharp betting information. Welcome back to podcast eight of 2024. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at the icebreakers. follow us on social media slash the Oddsbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by BetMGM. For an up to $1,500 dollars sign up bonus. Please visit the slash bet now. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support the Osbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theozebreakers.com. Click shop and become a member. Pick any for winning cappers. You get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Osbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. All right, we are back for a huge weekend in sports. No UFC this weekend, but we have a fully loaded college basketball card as well as NFL Conference Championship Sunday. You know, from the last show, I talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly. I didn't mention the kickers so much, and I suppose that I didn't think it was as significant as like a lot of the media has been saying, you know, Bass missed a field goal in cold weather, a little bit windy in Buffalo. But at the same time, you you should be scoring touchdowns against the Chiefs because your defense absolutely sucks, you know? I think all the pressure going on Bass is completely unwarranted, being that Mahomes is going to score at least a field goal anyway with a minute 44 seconds, whatever it was, a couple timeouts. So I'm completely against all the hate going towards Tyler Bass. Is a field goal kicker important? Absolutely. It's important. But what's more important is Stefan Diggs catching that long pass that he dropped when uh, that was basically going to make a big difference in this game. You know, the Bills choked it. They choked it at the end, and their defense wasn't even near up to caliber for any playoff game, in my opinion. You know, they got they got by the Steelers, but... Then they got injured from playing the Steelers. So they got even worse. Now, that's just a bad luck thing. I think the GM did enough to try to back this team up with as many players as possible. But Josh Allen's now going to be commanding a ton of money. And you're going to have less money to invest in your defense. So you better pick up some good kids uh, in the draft. You know, that's kind of what your target is, is probably drafting really well if you're the Buffalo Bills. Now, as far as Anders Carlson. From the Green Bay Packers, that was more significant because that really would have put the pressure on the Niners a heck of a lot more. But the Packers also had their chances at the end and loved, just kind of choked it away himself. You know, the Packers had that game. They were a, I thought they were going to win it. But, you know, lots of the blame is going on Anders Carlson, where yes, it would have been great if he made that field goal, but. At the same time, you had the opportunity to win that game at the end of the game as well, and you did it. You know, you did it. And I'm not saying Jordan Love's a bad player. I think he's a young player and has a lot of promise. And uh, as a Bears fan, it sucks. (laughs) I'm sure the Vikings feel the same way, you know. But at the same time, I also think it's a little bit more Matt LaFleur. I think it's a more Matt LaFleur effect being that he was on the same coaching tree as McVay and Kyle Shanahan, and he's just a smart coach, you know, makes great decisions, (laughs) you know? I mean, that's really what it is. I think the same thing with Purdy. I think Purdy's a good quarterback. He's just not a great quarterback. He's adequate, you know? I'm not sure about Love yet. Love is either below average, average, or good. Could be great yet. So I still think the jury is way out on him, but if you're the Packers— You don't sweat it. You stick with the kid and maybe draft a quarterback really late in the draft because you have draft capital to try to make a big difference and make a huge run for 2024. But we have a great show for you today because Justin Perry from Shot Quality Bets is back to break down a huge weekend of college basketball we're going to do buy low sell high a couple questions about some sleepers obviously breaking down some games very excited to get Justin back on the show he hasn't been on since last year and then before Justin comes on I'm going to get into NFL conference championship game and I already gave out a play and I'll have one more play for you and that's about it. There's two games, and I had to get pretty creative with this play. So, to make a long story short, we're going to get right into Chiefs versus Ravens. Ravens minus three and a half, I suppose. You know, I gave this out at three on our Monday show. I hope you guys got it. It's three and a half in some books with some juice. A lot of people are jumping on the whole laying points against Mahomes train. If you remember from the show, I'm not on that train. I'm still I'm on the Ravens here. A couple of things about the Chiefs. They, you know, Mahomes is fantastic in the playoffs, and he's always been fantastic in the playoffs. But if you're looking from a true season metrics, even from a recency situation, you still have the Ravens favored by four to six points. You know, uh, I think that is being overlooked in the marketplace. So, what's keeping this line low is just Mahomes' past performance in the playoffs with a very good coach, good players, and Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. <laughs> you know, he has been the best quarterback in the league since Tom Brady left. And Tom Brady's last few years, he was right there with him, right? So here you are. Kansas City's defense has been getting by all year. The receiver stepped it up last week, but. The Chiefs are also a bit more banged up than they were last week. As you know, the Chiefs didn't have Derek Noddy last week. The defensive tackle, it really showed. Well, he's questionable. I still think he might miss. Willie Gay, neck, still questionable. Mike Edwards, safety. He was ruled out of Sunday's game, questionable. Also, uh, the guard, Joe Thune, who is a massive part of that offensive line, strain pectoral. That's not going to be easy to block. Maybe he plays, but he could be very hindered in this game. So I'm very concerned for the injuries here to the Chiefs. Now, the thing about the Ravens is that they kind of had that Eagles path last year, if you remember. Very easy path. The Eagles boat raced the Giants after they got by the Vikings. And they got to play San Fran without a quarterback at all. (laughs) You know, zero quarterback. And uh, the Ravens now boat raced Houston in the second half anyway. And I think they just had a much easier path. Kansas City played two very broken defenses. The Miami's defense... Had nobody, no linebackers, Buffalo's defense, no linebackers, no cornerbacks, you know, very easy road for Kansas City, but Lamar took over the second half and Harbaugh made the adjustments and that's really what it is. It's going to be some coaching uh, nuances here for sure between Andy Reid and John Harbaugh. Some could say this might be the best game of the whole rest of the NFL season, meaning this might be better than the Super Bowl. I don't know about that. Could be a chance. But Casey's weakness was definitely against Josh Allen in the run. So if you couldn't stop Josh Allen this week, last week, and your defense was, you know, or your offense was playing a bad defense, how the heck are you going to stop Lamar Jackson? Kansas City's Russians has been good with Pacheco, 4.4 yards per attempt, but the Ravens have a better at 5.0 yards per attempt. They're about equal giving up rushing yards. Guys like Gus Edwards and Justice Hill has really stepped it up for the Ravens. Of course, Lamar Jackson there, advantage Ravens. As it comes to the passing game, I mean, nobody can do it like Mahomes. You definitely give him the nod, but you also have to remember the fact that they're very thin at wide receiver. Travis Kelsey's definitely showing his age of late. He's dropping balls. He's being figured out. And believe it or not, Lamar, as a pure playmaker, has boosted his QBR ahead of Mahomes, ranking fourth in the regular season to Mahomes at eighth. You also have to remember, the Ravens have receivers. They've got Flowers. They've got Bateman. They've got two stud tight ends. Mark Andrews should be back and likely is bawling out like he might have been the best pick of the draft from a value perspective when they selected him. You know, from a value perspective. I mean, they're fully loaded. That's great for Lamar. It's on Lamar, don't get me wrong. It's on both quarterbacks, and I trust Mahomes more. But I think this is the year of the Harbaugh and the Ravens year because trust doesn't get by when you have a depleted team. No receivers, banged-up defense. You're playing against a very tough and ruckus crowd uh, in the Ravens and in Baltimore. The defense was number sixteenth in rush EPA. They kind of play bend don't break for Baltimore. The Chiefs are actually twenty-eighth. That's more like bend and break. <laughs> you know, bend and break. With the Chiefs injuries and the tough road they have, I have the Ravens by six points. I have the Ravens winning this game twenty-four to eighteen. So there you have it. That's Those are my numbers. It might rain a little bit. Slight chance of rain. Total is at 44 and a half. I'm sticking with my Ravens play at the minus three. And if you didn't get the three, I'm sorry. But I also have you a strong lean to the under at the 44 and a half. Next game, Lions versus 49ers. 49ers minus seven. Total is 51. The big story this week, actually total is now 51 and a half. I mean, if that went under 51, I was about to hit the over. So just to let you know, that's how close I am. My number's 53.6. A little too close to bet it, but big playoff game. <sighs> this was a scare for the Niners last week by the Packers, as I discussed already. But they got it done, they closed it out. Defense stepped up, made big plays. Big, big teams make big plays. They're a little bit defeated on defense. They definitely can be scored upon. But a lot of this blame that they're in this situation was Brock Purdy struggling in the rain. I mean, throwing picks that should have been picked to Savage a couple times. You know, the Packers probably should have won by margin, if you think really back to it. But the good news is the weather should still be nice in Sunday uh, for this game. Now there's this chance of rain, and San Francisco can change uh, by the minute the weather um but let's cut to the chase here the lions they have a wonderful offense both passing and running 6.1 yards per play but the 49ers when cooking are really that much better 6.8 yards per play pretty big the lions defense has been clutched for this team but not great allowing i would say ranking 21st in opponent epa when the 49ers ranked 10th in opponent EPA. So you have the Niners sitting here with an advantage on the offense, and you have uh, the Niners with an advantage on the defense. The Niners even have a massive 1.4 net yards per play advantage over the Lions. But what I will say is I think the Niners had a pretty easy schedule because that NFC West turned out to be pretty freaking bad. The Cardinals were bad, but feisty but bad. The the Rams got good later, and they finally got to play the Rams when the Rams didn't have to start their quarterback at the end, that second game. The, Raven, the Rams slow started, no Cooper Cup, you remember. That was easy for them. And then later in the season, they uh, got them late, super early and late when they didn't have to play anybody. Neither team did. So, that, I mean, that just shows how easy the Niners really had it. The big question is Brock Purdy. Will he have a good game? I trust golf to get his points with the Lions offense, but that defense is just so, so bad. So like I said, it's on Brock Purdy. Another question is Debo Samuel, and everybody's talking about it. I think he plays. And even if he plays, he might just be a distraction running around, hopefully not getting hit in the shoulder and maybe not even taking a lot of passes or hits. That could happen, too. That's what I feel is going to happen. But it's really hard to gauge if this dude's going to be okay. But that's why my play is kind of keyed around Debo. And uh, I have some thoughts on that, on an overbought line. The problem I have is that I have the 49ers by 6.5 points. And, uh, I mean, if you look at pure recency, it's lower than that. If you look at the whole season, it's a little bit higher. And it's because of Detroit's defense. But Jared Goff has not played well, as well on the road. He's only played in a dome once the whole, or out of the dome once at the Chicago Bears the whole month of November and December. And uh, he did pretty bad against the Chicago Bears, if you remember. So I have big problems with Goff in this situation too. I trust him more because I feel like the Lions are playing with house money. But one thing I do like is that the Niners should be able to run all over this Lions team. Not that the Lions are all that bad against the run. It's just Christian McCaffrey is just such a beast for this team. And San Francisco is pretty dang healthy from an offensive line standpoint, right? They haven't had anything for injuries, really, from their offensive line since November. And they've had some backups. So good for them. They also lost Clellan Farrell, a defensive end, which worries me a little bit. Um, From the defensive side, I guess. You got the Debo Samuel thing, and then you have Cleland Farrell. Cleland Farrell is a better run stopper than Chase Young. I mean, Chase Young cannot stop the run. I don't know what this dude's doing. I think he should only be a third down pass rusher. I've learned a lot about the dude. He isn't quite as good as I thought he was. I mean, as a pure pass rusher and strength and beast of a man, he is. He reminds me of Jadavian Clowney a little bit. Clowney, you know, looks like Tarzan, sometimes plays like Jane. So that's a little bit of an issue. But um, you got Nick Bosa still on the other side. You're going to have probably Randy Gregory coming in without Clell Farrell, and they're just going to have to play more Chase Youngs, which is going to give up some rushing yards to the Detroit. And if Detroit's running the ball well, they're not going to pass as much. That's why I'm just not so interested in this over, really, if they're going to run. Even though my number says over. There's a lot of people on the over. It's a very trendy side. It's not what I'm looking at. What I'm looking at is the prop market. I have Detroit losing by 6.5 points. So I'm very close to the spread. If I get a a 7.5, and I might get it, I will pop a play on Detroit, Debo or no Debo. I almost want Debo to play. That way, I'll get it. you know. But on the other side of the coin, I just think that San Fran is that team that's blown away a lot of good teams. Their average victory against good teams is 14 points. Against good teams, not just everybody. And that's something to say as well. The Lions are playing with house money. The pressure is on San Francisco. I don't trust Purdy as much. And that's where I'm getting more value here at the 7, 7.5. But from a receiving standpoint, I think that one line is too high. Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is all the way up to 80.5 receiving yards. Now, he's gotten that high before. You know, against... The Washington Commanders, terrible defense. Against Baltimore when they were playing catch-up the whole game. Against Seattle's bad secondary. But when they played decent secondaries, he only got 32 last week against Green Bay. The Rams was real washed, so I won't even count that. At Arizona, he got 37. At Philadelphia, 46. Against Jacksonville, 55. I mean he's kind of hit and miss and i think that the debo samuel injury if he doesn't play is just going to make aaron glenn's defense that much better that much better to cover him safety over the top of a brandon iuk because who else are you worried about who else are you worried about really nobody so even without debo I would look IUK under, but I would look at somebody else over, <laughs> you know, even though you're not worried about them. If IUK's double teamed, you're going to have to throw it to somebody else. I mean, that's just the bottom line. So I'm looking possibly at like a Juwan Jennings or a Ray Ray McCloud. Ray Ray McCloud would fit more into Debo's spot. I don't know if Ray Ray is going to get Debo's touches. but He's going to get something. Because there's going to be a lot of pressure on Brandon Ayuk. And now I do not want to fade George Kittle. Because that dude is good no matter what. (laughs) You know. I don't want to fade George Kittle. But a lot of these props are not even out yet because of the question with Debo Samuel. I don't even see George Kittle offered on some of these books. DraftKings, it's high up to 60.5. Probably not even high enough. You know. He's a guy I like taking over anyway. So I'm not going under on him, but I will go under on Brandon Ayuk because if they do control this game and Goff has a bad game, it's going to be all CMC the whole rest of the way. Take Brandon Ayuk under 80.5 receiving yards for one star.
1: Final, tell
0: high, that's my motto. All right. Well, that's what I have so far. I think we're going to get our hook. So... I mean, I'll give it away for two stars if we're getting a hook here with Detroit at seven and a half. But um, as of right now, just wait it out. No problem waiting. There's plenty of things to bet on. Now let's get into some college basketball with our wonderful guest, Mr. Justin Perry from Shot Quality Bets. This segment was brought to you by AG1. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder and water once a day? Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food source ingredients of high quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash or click on our podcast episode description. Now I'm very excited to bring back a college basketball betting specialist in Justin Perry from Shot Quality Bets. You can follow Justin on Twitter at JustinPerry8. Justin, we finally have Saturdays all to ourselves. No more football distractions, my man. It's college basketball season. How you doing?
1: It is. First of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. Excited to chat some college basketball. It's it's fully college basketball season now. We got, of course, championship weekend here in the nfl but uh, other than that it's time to get into college hoops march madness selection sunday only a couple weeks away it's been a fun season though uh shock quality has been doing a lot of cool stuff we've been doing a lot of great work live betting so we could talk a little bit about that new data that we have which is going to be fun but a uh, really interesting season interested in your take on it obviously a lot of moving pieces still got some remnants of covid seniors and the transfer portal more active than ever and uh, you know, the, the rule changes. I don't know. How have you felt that the season's gone? For me, it's been like chaotic and a lot of ups and downs, but a fun one.
0: It Very chaotic. It's like you got to pick your spots a little better. Um, I feel like uh, the home court advantage has been high this year, especially in the Big Ten and uh, probably the Big 12, too. You see a lot of teams that are just completely different teams when they're away from home and uh you know i think there's a lot that goes into it. it's obviously the pressure it's the beginning of the conference schedule too a little bit of the officiating is definitely always favoring the crowd but uh you know that's what you try to adjust to um i think some of the players are starting to kind of figure it out though like uh for instance houston took care of business at byu uh a couple road teams took care of uh, colorado took care of business at washington a bet i lost last night so, yeah. uh, you know, so yeah, very good game. Uh it was late game. <laughs> so out east, you're yeah. probably pretty late to have to I'm finish late. that one. I, I passed yeah. out during the halftime, but, uh, no, it's, it, and that's the nuances that we're used to, but yeah, the transfer port makes a lot of things very interesting because I think that, uh, you know, some kind some of these teams kind of came from nowhere, you know, James Madison doing way better than I expected. Uh, you have, uh, uh, Teams like, uh, well, Kentucky kind of took a hit a little bit almost. They're still young. A little. They're they're still very active. But um, I think they took a little bit of a hit because of it. But BYU certainly looking good. Um, UConn is where they're supposed to be. North Carolina looking great. Auburn looking great. So, you know, uh, some of these – Tennessee's got a few guys. kansas got a few guys. So it's going to be so interesting for the big dance, and I'm very excited for it. Uh, What about you? What are you thinking about uh, some of the changes?
1: And it's, it's been really interesting. I mean, you know, this is I think one of the most efficient scoring seasons we've ever seen. Uh, you can go take a look at like, you know, some of those historic Ken Palm numbers, uh, non-steel turnovers are at their all time low. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not, those charges are, are gone and, and it's leading to more points. It leads to more free throws. So, uh, you know, I think we've seen it overs can like just have these hot streaks. And I know the unders have kind of come back to life a little bit the couple days, but there were a few days in early January again, where it seems like these totals just start to like soar over in that like mid conference play, and and we're seeing like so many more 150s than we ever have. Like the 130 totals are evaporated. So uh, look, it's great for the game. It's more exciting. Um, we see more points. We've seen a lot of crazy comeback runs. I mean, I think I lost a bet. Uh, I don't even remember who it was, but there was like a maybe it was Boise or something. They like gave up like a 19-0 run or a 23-3 run against. That's you know, there's a lot of parity it's really cool to go in and look at some of the data and just see how tightly packed the mid-majors are with each other in terms of the efficiency landscape. And we see the same stuff in shot quality. The mid-curve is, is tight. Um, and, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about teams, a top 100 team and then, you know, a top 200 team. It's not exactly that huge of a difference, that middle 100 there, 360-something teams or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, I've, it's a lot of fun, but it leads to it being a very tough game to handicap lines are tight and market movement has been confounding people all season from what I get the sense on Twitter. I mean, everyone jokes that they get good closing line value and they lose their pick. It's kind of, uh, it's interesting for sure. It feels a little (laughs) bit more, it feels a little bit more prevalent than in years past. I want to say, and and, you know, we're seeing a lot of overtime games and we're seeing a lot of big swings and uh, yeah, I don't know. College basketball at its finest. You gotta, you know, I think, uh, lesson to learn is obviously to bet within your means and bet to a place where even if you get punched in the face for two weeks straight by these crazy results that you can still, you know, attack with your uh, best foot forward and stability in your uh, process, which is, you know, I think where we will all find ourselves at one point trying
0: to handicap this game absolutely i mean the clv thugs are uh not 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 putting a big <laughs> showing out there and yeah that's my i kind of coined that term that's recently fine. the clv thugs uh you know and, and unfortunately for me i've had a lot of clv and some i almost like oh no it's like the line's moving in my direction that is that bad because <laughs> <laughs> because i've lost a few of those myself but if there's just so much parody i think in the long run it's still something you always want and you want to have options if uh, mm-hmm. a team gets overbought It's just, just like you can play things both ways you know it's a uh, it just yep. gotta know the numbers and study that a little bit. And yep. bankroll management. Like you said, bankroll management, number one thing. You know, if you get a thousand dollars, bet ten dollars. If you got ten thousand dollars, bet a hundred dollars. If you got a hundred thousand dollars, bet a thousand dollars. that's exactly how it should be. It should not be more than that. And that is something we stress constantly here at the Ozbreakers. But what's going? what's new with you guys hey. over at Shot Quality Bets, man? I love that. Yeah, set. man.
1: Oh, Shot Quality Bets. It is uh, such an honor to work. For SQ, you know, uh, we know we've known each other for a minute, and and you know that this was uh, a fan. I was a fan of SQ before I got to work here, and so yeah. uh, every day getting to work with this team is is so cool. We actually just all got together and went to Madison Square Garden last night and watched the St. John Villanova game, uh, which was a lot of fun. But you know, it's a really sharp group of people, and everyone really is just super interested in creating this next level of basketball data, and that's I think been the, the thesis of the company in the last couple of months is really focusing on uh, being a real powerhouse in basketball data because we do have something so unique and if you're new to it you haven't heard about it it's location-based uh, data for every player on the court and you know our processing our computer vision is improving and improving and we're getting more and more uh, accurate in terms of understanding player motion in the college game it's all done through ingesting video feeds rather than you know having this hardware and like the specific cameras that they do in like a lot of the nba and all these sort of leagues and places like that shot quality just works on on video and so it's it's very ai and computer vision heavy and from there we create our own expectations of every shot based on the history of an individual player Mm -hmm. and then also like you know their understood openness because of the x y positioning on the floor the closeout speed the height um but what's All of that's awesome. But I think, you know, what really hammers at home is that a lot of other expectations use like an average opponent or an average player to really understand the value of a shot. Shot quality grades shots based on an individual's past performance and understands how they progress as players. So uh, it's it's been really cool to build that into shot quality live this season. That's been our our big success. That's been like the big step forward that we've made this season for sure course we have projections on every college basketball game we have tools we have you know the expected scores after every game is done but what we've done is we've built a a live regression model so that we can score games as they're happening you know usually sometimes faster than the espn app updates you know uh we have a lot of we have some good latency we're working on getting the speed faster and faster and faster Uh, but processing games getting expected scores and then You know, we we started our own show basically just using that data live betting every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, You know, I was just, we were having so much fun with it, literally sitting there being like, okay, this team's up 10, shot quality thinks they should be tied. uh, Let's go bet on the other side, right? Like, let's go fade the team that's too hot. Let's go bet on the team that's colder than expected. Shot quality helps you recognize those pretty quick, um, faster than I think anything else. And so you can, you know, then start to draw your own conclusions, whether it's, oh, well, I like this team to stay hot, or I think this team bounces back from being cold. Uh, You know, I think it it gives you like the confidence to say for sure that something's happening that you think you see, if you're watching the game, or if you're just eyeing the data. And so, you know, we've been firing like rapid pace. I was doing it a little bit yesterday, literally at the bar with, with uh, my coworkers. And I think I went like 10 and four or something. So, you know, the, the data is just, it's unique. It's powerful. Yeah. We, we definitely are excited about the edge we're able to provide. And it's, it's, it's a fun way to bet. I mean, I know we were talking right before we got on air about doing some, some live betting and it's just so interactive, you know, like waiting for your spot, trying to find a good point. Maybe they miss a couple open threes and you're like, all right, I can get in here for a lesser price than if they had hit them. And, you know, if they continue to generate those good looks, they should eventually start to fall. Right. And so that's the precipice with shot quality and, It's been very successful, and we have uh, a couple of our contributors starting to use it a lot. They've been very successful, and, you know, I, I like to think our team's sharp, but these results are just, I think the data is really what's driving them home.
0: Nice. I mean, that's a great refresher for a lot of our listeners. It's been here for a while, and a good introduction for our new listeners. You know, it's an individual level, and then how it pertains to them select people as they play as a team. You know that's kind of how this data works, and that's why we love it so much. And that's great stuff. So, shot quality bets is the site. Make sure you guys check it out. Justin is a master. Reach out to Justin; he's more than happy to uh, help you out through that. Explain it, how to use it, and uh, uh, it's a dang good site out there. And I use it myself. Yeah,
1: you guys, you guys have a. I think the odds breakers is a promo code as well for you guys, right? Because you guys, you've been friends with of shot quality for a while. So if you're watching, you want to get into it. Make sure uh, if you want to try it out, there's definitely a promo code for. the odds makers and if it doesn't work uh my twitter handle's right there yep shoot me a dm we can talk about it you know we're doing uh we're doing some cool stuff i'm gonna have some walkthroughs soon actually so if you're interested in learning about it you know like a little seminar type thing on like a google call just yeah drop us a line shot quality bets myself it's uh it's i like to think it's the future we'll we'll see we'll see what happens in years to come but I, i like where we're at
0: OB 24 should be the uh, promo code to get a percentage off. And I believe it's 20% off shot quality bets subscription. So there you go. Make sure you guys check that out. Well, let's talk a little hoops, my man. Uh, You know, I always love to talk about buying low, selling high. There's always some teams there you think that might have a little bit too much hype and some teams that maybe it might have some value backing. So why don't you get started? Let's start with buy low. Do you have a team or two you want to talk about that we can buy low on?
1: So, you know, I think uh, we saw Alabama yesterday uh, getting it done against Clemson, barely covering the number. They're not ranked right now. I think that's probably a little bit of a – I hesitate to work, use the word crime. I mean it uh, colloquially. But it is. You know, this is this is a top-10 team in Ken Palm, top-10 team in shot quality. So both uh, the actual analytics think they're sitting at 8 in Ken Palm and they're sitting at 6 in shot quality. The offense is just – very legitimate top number two on both sites. So uh, our data really backing up what we've seen. I, I do think Alabama is going to be dangerous. They they look good. A big win against Auburn for sure, defending home court. It's, it's going to be interesting. I do think they end up ranked towards the end of the season. Pretty... You know, uh, the schedule there for Alabama looks pretty fun. Uh, they should, they're they, sh- they are only expected to be the underdog once for the rest of the season, and that's going to be at Auburn. So mm-hmm. look for them to do very well in the SEC. I think uh, as those wins start to pile up a little bit, of course, they had a little bit of a rough non con. They lost to Ohio State on the neutral court. They lost to Clemson at home. They lost to Purdue. They lost to Creighton on the road. And then they lost to Arizona in a semi away. So they have a couple losses on that schedule. They lost to Tennessee on the road. You know, sitting here with six losses in the SEC, maybe you don't feel like this is some powerhouse. But I'm telling you, the offense is legit, um, and and they're they're definitely going to have a chance to to make a type of run here and solidify their seating and maybe like bolster their positioning come tournament time. So I don't I don't hate elite eight futures on Bama right now. I think getting to that point in the tournament is probably a little underpriced. I don't know about. Final four and, and, you know, obviously getting to like the finals or, uh, or winning it all is a little bit different. But I, I do think there's a good shot this team can make it at least, you know, the contention for that final day to make the Elite
0: Eight. Nice, nice. Bama playing good basketball. You saw them beat Auburn at home, and Auburn was – Certainly a powerhouse coming in here, top three, top four team in many of the rankings and the efficiency rankings as well. So uh, Alabama was surprising to me how they handled themselves yesterday. There was some adversity that they came through, and it was really a good game. I enjoyed it. Had it on one of my TVs. So I'm going to go with Cal. You know, um, uh, Mark Madsen is, like he's a good coach. I mean, and this team is third in luck regression on shot quality bets. You know, they've lost a lot of one score games, but you know, the thing with Cal and the thing, when you get a new team, you're going to lose in the beginning, you know? And then when the team kind of starts figuring things out, um, all the numbers that people come up with are thinking, yeah, this team's not good. Cause they lost the Tulane, Utah, Montana state. Well, you know, you see is the, the, the season progressions progresses, they beat UCLA. They beat Colorado at home. They uh, only had a seven-point loss to Oregon, and that was at Oregon. Uh, Washington was a close one-score uh, one, one score game, and they just beat Wazoo, who's number 47, at home. I yep. think there's going to continue to be value on them. I'm looking for them possibly tomorrow at home against Stanford, who I think Stanford might be yeah. a little bit fraudulent. So I'll be uh, keying in on that line when that pops up a little bit later no, today. I, I love
1: that one. 35th. 34th, 35th, you know, a lot of ties mm-hmm. on shot quality. So sometimes there's some rounding. But a uh, top 35, top 40 team in shot quality rating currently right now at 121st in Ken Bob. So yeah. uh, Mark Madsen's squad, definitely a little underrated. Nice little buy low, Pac-12. I like it. I like it. Um, my other one was Florida. No, okay. I don't know. I, I, I'm i in the SEC right now, I guess, for these. Uh, it wasn't on purpose. Just another team that I think, you know, in terms of, what shot quality is seeing, uh, they, they are definitely a little bit uh, underrated. I think right now sitting at 13th in shot quality and, you know, what, 35th on Ken Palm. So a, a decent discrepancy there. Not exactly as unlucky as what we see in maybe Cal, but um, definitely a little bit on the unluckier side. I do think that they have what it takes. The the offense that looks really good. Another really strong SEC offense there that I think you could buy into in the second half of the season here. Going to have a few tough away games in Kentucky and AM, but maybe after that, early, mid-February, is probably a nice time to get in on Florida. They'll finish up with a, a strong showing in the SEC. I think the back half of their schedule's pretty easy. They've already seen Tennessee on the road. They've already... Uh, you know, played Kentucky once. So it, it's going to be interesting. They uh, they were expected to beat Ole Miss on the road. That's a big one. They were expected to beat Tennessee. So, again, some of those losses may be expected to go differently. If they did, what would you really think of this team? Uh, you know, you'd probably pay the price you're getting right now, and that's kind of the way we like to look at it when we're thinking about uh, shot quality records and things like
0: that. Yeah, they got some big boys there. And they're number three in yeah. offensive rebounding, and that's huge. Uh, second-chance uh, points. Uh, they're great at it. Their shooting could just improve, and they they play fast, a, a, a very fast pace, and they actually play decent defense. It's not like top defense, but they play some really good defense. And, yeah, I mean, they, they have a pretty good record, but they're kind of under the radar. So I'm, I'm buying what you're selling on that one. Uh, I'm going to go with UCF. I st- mm. I still don't think they're getting the respect they deserve, and I look I look at Ken Palm because a lot of us betters, well, just the market uses Ken Palm, right? It's just the popular one, but um, yeah. they, 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 I think that's too low. I I think that that defense yeah. is so good and that rebounding is so good that is exactly the reason why they're embarrassing folks. You know, uh, yeah. I I believe they beat uh, Kansas at home just recently. Mm-hmm. And then they just mm-hmm. destroyed West Virginia, covered the spread. They uh, beat Texas away. That was kind of a yep. kicker, too. I mean, these are some big, big names. And, and
1: and here's a big one for you. Only lost by five to BYU at home. Yeah. Expected to win that game by 10 points. So you, you click into that one. UCF shot three of 18 on threes against BYU mm-hmm. and only lost by five. Three of That's their worst performance from deep. The entire season against byu and they still only lost by five no yeah the ucf yeah. definitely turning some heads really like that one good good team to buy into uh in in the big 12 these newcomers are are holding some ground i've been really <laughs> impressed honestly
0: I have two. I have two. Texas has been shooting well lately. I put them on the maybe trending up here. I know they, they just mm-hmm. had got those two wins. I feel like after their UCF loss, they kind of got it together. You saw some you saw the talent uh come through against the Oklahoma game, and I lost that bet. I was on Oklahoma. So it was just one of those one of those days. But uh uh Texas uh you know they got the talent there, and they're finally kind of coming yep. together. They're just, they're just hot right now. You, yeah, I'm hoping to catch them on the upswing. You never want to hit them on the downswing. So I think there's still two more games or so you'll catch them here on the upswings. But let's talk about sell high Agreed. now. Let's talk about sure. s- some teams that might be overvalued in the marketplace. I'll let you go first.
1: Yeah, my pleasure, my pleasure. I got, I got two on my uh, sell high list. Uh, the first one is going to be Illinois. The Illini. Uh, maybe I'm a, a night late on this, coming <laughs> off of the the Northwestern loss in OT. Um, you know, they they've they've done well. Uh, I, I'm not saying they're like outside of the top 50. Shot quality is going to put them. I think. I believe. Let me let me make sure I have this right. Uh, I don't want to botch the rankings. Shot quality has them at 19. So yeah, they're still a top 20 team, but they're going to be, they're sort of, they're looked at as a top 10 team. And right. that's a little bit of a difference, especially when you're looking at uh, going into hostile territories, things like that. So look, Illinois, they're going to be good and they were actually expected to win the Northwestern game, but there's been a couple fluky wins uh, they beat Michigan State, that was not expected to be a win. They beat FAU, that was not expected to be a win. They uh, And then a lot more of their games have ex- been expected to be a lot closer, which is, you know, something that we don't really talk about as much with SQ. We talk a lot about, oh, this team was expected to win and they lost, but... It's just as important that they were expected to score a lot less or a lot more points, right? Like if you lost right. by 20, but you were expected to lose by five, that's a very different result when you're evaluating a future of a team's performance and the predictability and all, all these things. So, uh, look, I, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, sell, sell, sell on Illinois. I think it's more like don't buy. Um, you know, the, the price is probably pretty good. I would definitely hesitate. They the defense has been has been great. The shot selection that they force opponents into has been really good. Uh but you know there's there's definitely some worries. They're not forcing enough turnovers on defense. Uh the spacing they allow, you know, isn't really good on offense. Definitely too low for what you want to see. So, uh we'll we'll see how how they progress. They they do a good job in terms of, you know, getting into like good catch and shoot threes and all that type of stuff, but uh, yeah, Illinois not is is not a buy. Um, I would say not exactly a sell high, but I'm not I'm not putting more money if I have Illinois. I'm, I'm 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 happy with where I'm at, and if I'm like you know I'm holding futures on them to win the Big Ten or something, mm-hmm. um, I'm maybe looking to get in on other teams to hedge my bet at this point. No, I I see that, and probably before last night. You know, you would hope that I was on the show you know 24 <laughs> hours ago saying fade I, but. Yeah, you know the the results already come in a little. I still think they're
0: they're still high and a Kent little hot. They're still high in Kemp. Yeah, they, they are,
1: and, and and it'll be. I think they could lose. They could lose to Ohio State at Ohio State, given how good OSU is at home, um, which is I believe like a Tuesday game next week. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. They got a big, you know, Indiana's coming to town. They'll probably beat Indiana coming off the loss on Saturday, and then I think they go to Ohio State and lose. But they might only. Be be like a you know a one point dog in that game you know so well probably two two and a half but i would i would still fade them on the road against ohio state i would fade them on the road against michigan state um and and you know even when they go to maryland who has maybe one of the best defenses in the big 10 i would it's a stretch right now with a bunch of away games coming up for illinois where i think they will struggle to cover the spread
0: yeah. Ohio state could be kind of a by low team now that you're mentioning that too. Uh, yep. no, that's a, that's a great spot. And this in sh- Terrence Shan's back, you know, and but still the distraction yep. of his charges and everything is going to overwhelm them yeah. at some point. So, um, it's, it could, it, it could come into factor, but yeah, I mean, Illinois is a really good team, just a little bit high possibly in the marketplace. So I'm going to go with Princeton. So going back to shot quality, mm. they're the third luckiest team on shot quality. And, um, they have three away games in a row. So, am are you buying that they're the 51st best team uh, on Ken Palm?
1: <laughs> it's pretty high,
0: man. That's a that's a t- tough one. Uh,
1: you know, kind of. I want to say they've been they've been real. I, I maybe not 50, um, but yeah. You know, I think they're around like that 75. I know shock quality probably has them a little closer, like 80, 90. I would guess, um, but. Interesting team, interesting interesting mid-major, uh, definitely potent, a, a potent team for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm going to look up to see where you guys have them too. I think it's 80. I just looked at 89. 89. Okay, so there you go. There's a big difference between uh, Ken Palm and shot quality for them. I mean, their best win wasn't even a top 100 Ken Palm team. It was it was Drexel at home, you know, and they're 15-1. They're, mm-hmm. they're and one. So the betters have been all over them. But now they're going to go face Cornell who is the other team that's pretty legit in the Ivy League. So that I'm circling to uh, back Cornell in this spot. Yeah. Cornell ranks 109th on Ken Palm. Princeton ranks 51st. I'm guessing that this is going to be close to a pick'em line. I think you might find some value here with Cornell, who mm-hmm. actually shoots pretty well. And uh, their third in effective field goal percentage Yeah, gonna play a little I, defense. I, <laughs>
1: I think what's interesting here for Princeton is that, you know, they, they have a pretty good, they started off the season with some nice road wins. They, they beat Rutgers on neutral. They beat Duquesne on the road. They beat Hofstra on the road, but you know, Duquesne currently sitting at 104 people thought they were ranked 77 when they were, you know, yeah. playing Princeton. And so they, they've really fallen off. Right. So that win looks a little different than it did early in the season and and Rutgers, when they played Princeton, was ranked 59th, and now Rutgers is ranked 95th in Ken Palm. So these wins that Princeton had are against teams that have fall, all fallen, you know, 20 spots. These might not even be like you know A B level wins by time the season's over if those teams continue to struggle. So um, maybe a little bit uh, kind of fraudulent here. For for the Princeton schedule because they lost to St. Joe's on the road that was maybe the one real test they've had and then other than those three teams I just listed like no only a few teams inside the top 200 uh, if, and that's Furman and Drexel and, and like you said they've only beat Furman by one point at home uh, Drexel as has been up and down so mm-hmm. uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely an interesting case here for what print, what's going to happen with Princeton. Uh, seeing Harvard at home, Dartmouth at home, Columbia, who's kind of weak away, now going to both Cornell and Yale in their next two. This is probably where they hit the bump. This is probably where you fade them, and you expect them to get on track as they host Penn, Brown, and Yale again at home and finish up with a pretty easy schedule. But yeah, I would look the next two games. This is where, This is where you sell on Princeton, for sure.
0: Absolutely. So my last one, San Diego State. I think that Ooh, 21st nice. or 22nd on Kemba, 41st on shot quality. They just don't shoot the ball well and they don't have some of the same guys with that final four trip that they made it last year. Now, they're good coach, they're well coached, but the Mountain West is now I would say a little bit better with some of the teams hitting their shots and I'm not sure if I want to fade them at home. Yeah. But San Diego State is a fade team when they're on the road for sure. They're going to have Colorado State on Tuesday. On the road, and you know, like pe- it, people are going to think this is more of a pick 'em three. I would lay up to four and a half myself on Colorado State. I just think that San Diego State ranking, two hundred seventy second in adjusted three point percentage. Uh, it's eighty six and two point percentage. They don't do anything terrible besides shooting the three, but it's not like yep. that defense it sucks you up quite as much as it did in the years right, past. Right, right. So
1: yeah, and they get credit for that, I think. Still, there's usually like a stickiness, you know, like oh, uh, and it's not. It's not like it's crazy. I'm not talking like four or five points, but you, you know, one extra point of love from the priors that maybe isn't as. Prevalent as it might have been in terms of how things are fading out, or what the public perception is in terms of their defense, the books position themselves wisely, um, you know. And, and it, it's not, you know, it's not an exact science. I wish, uh, but yeah, no, I think that's that's a good that's a good sell. High. My my other one was uh, New Mexico. Okay, you know, I thought I thought New Mexico sitting, I think as a top twenty-five Ken Palm team right now. Yeah, twenty-four mountain west i I know they get a lot of respect this conference is you know essentially the the seventh power conference at this point in college basketball it's it's a big step from everything else to mountain west and then into the power into the power six um power five whatever you want a lot of debate of course yeah Yeah, um but you know yeah it's it's mountain west right there and then you step up to like pac-12 acc big ten southeast East big 12 um but like that jump the next conference under the mountain west is probably the american or the atlantic 10 Uh, missouri valley like all those are a significant step under so i I do really like the mountain west it's probably one of the most fun mid-major conferences if you still call it that um but yeah new mexico feeling riding hot man like like doing really well some nice away wins against Air Force and San Jose State which we know are not exactly easy to come by in this conference uh, beat San Diego State who you said you know is is maybe a little sell high so could that be both of them then right if, if the win is a set sell- on a sell high team does that mean that that win is also a sell high yes, I think so. so um, you know New Mexico's sitting I believe let me just make sure New Mexico, yeah, 39th in shot quality, so a, a decent amount down. Uh, record 15 and three shot quality record 13 and five. Expected to have a few of these, you know, losses not or their wins go the other way. Most recently, the Utah State win at home was expected to be a loss. I think that you know when that happens against a good Utah State team, you want to kind of investigate. Uh, New Mexico shot 76 percent at the rim and they only missed one free throw the whole night. So. Uh, the other way, in the other way, you know, Utah State got a little unlucky. So I don't know. I, I think that there's reason coming into this next little uh, homestand against Nevada and Boise. They, they, could, they could drop one of those games. They'll probably be favored by like four, five, six points in each of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think you probably, you might be able to take the money line against New Mexico in both those games and expect them to go one and one and maybe make a little profit. Wouldn't shock me at all.
0: Oh, for sure. They're going to be big favorites. You're going to be plus 250, yeah. something like that. So not a bad idea uh, looking at those yep. two games, two money lines. Probably get one of them. Yeah, It's mm-hmm. great stuff. I'm a, I'm a big Nelly Jr. Joseph fan. You know, I am like I, you know, I'm a big Mac guy coming uh-huh. from
1: the Rick Pitino team. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, this is exactly the time late January. They have like they've strung together four wins in conference. Uh, this is this is where you could see a team stumble at home and it it makes like no sense but uh yeah this is this is their probably their toughest home test of the season this next upcoming games until colorado state comes to town in a month so uh wouldn't be shocked to see them drop one of these two tests all
0: right well there you go they got a little too high on the spectrum uh, so real quick give us a sleeper for the ncaa tournament Ooh. to make some noise
1: texas a&m all right. stay in my sec man i think this is may I, I clearly think this is an underrated conference um my literally my three bilo teams were like florida Bama, and um so yeah give me give me some sec love Too bad they're all give playing me.
0: each other i missed the big 12 A- sec uh challenge in uh the end of january here i mean, it should have been this weekend here man <laughs> <laughs>
1: that would look that that would be fun to see that like sort of happen mid-season but a uh, and The offensive rebounding is is really nice. Um, they have a few things that I think they could work on. The three point defense is a little bit worrisome for sure. But they're, I think, you know, doing what they're doing on the back of terrible luck on offense. Um, they're they're one of the biggest teams expected to progress in offense that I've seen on shot quality, uh, shooting twenty six percent from three right now. Expected to be shooting. um, shooting 51% at the rim, expect to be shooting 58%. So uh, current record 12 and seven shot quality record 14 and five. They are one of, you know, the the offense just, it it needs to improve a little bit. The SQ offense is one of the best out there. So I I do think they'll continue to get better. Uh, They get good looks off of those rebounds. I'm I'm excited to see how, how they do in the second half of their season here in the SEC. I think they might shock some people, you know, if you want to, this is the time to get in, you know, they've taken a few losses that maybe they shouldn't have lost to LSU at home. Shock quality had that one really close, uh, lost to Arkansas on the road. Shock quality had that as a 14 point win. So eventually some of these results are going to come around. They, they got their revenge on LSU recently, beat them by four on the road. Shock quality expected 13, uh, just beat missouri by six shot quality expected 16 so they're they're winning these games but are expected to be winning them handedly they're they're shooting cold and still winning so uh you want to talk about a sleeper you want to talk about a buy team buy a team that's still putting it together while shooting 26 percent from three uh there's got to be a little positive regression coming at some point that's what shot quality is saying and i like it i like it they they could make some noise especially if, especially if they you know figure out the isos they, they they get into too many isos
0: all right good stuff let's talk a little games then for the weekend we picked a few apiece. kansas versus mm-hmm. iowa state you picked um i'm gonna guess iowa state's gonna be laying about three and a half or four kansas gets his res- gets their respect so it's i don't yeah. think it's gonna be like lifted up enough uh total in this game around 146 ish what do you got for this one
1: yeah, expecting about a three and a half, four point line on Kansas. I lean Kansas going into Iowa State. I know this is one of the toughest defenses, but I I think this game should be a lot closer to like a one point game. It's gonna be a lot of back and forth here. There's just it's going to be a lot of fun between these teams. You're talking about one of the top defenses in the country in Iowa state, Uh, the steel percent. It just, it looks so good and it's going to be a test for Kansas to just keep their hands on the ball. So I don't know. I I think that Kansas can do it. Um, The, the offense for Iowa state has some real holes to it. Um, They are, you know, neither of these teams are really going to take a lot of uh, threes, but, What I really like is that the assist ratio for Kansas is the highest in the country. They're going to be able to pass the ball efficiently, test the Iowa State defense. I really do think that some of the shooting that we've seen from Kansas um, is is very legit. Uh, You you look at currently in uh, right now in Big 12 play, they lead Big 12 in conference effective field goal percentage. Uh, They lead in two-point shot percentage. Um, and, and Iowa State's defense honestly has struggled a little bit when they, you know, are tested. The problem is, of course, is that they don't. There's not enough possessions that they get tested on because they steal the ball so much. When shots get off, uh, they're not, you know, they're not rebounding effectively on on the defensive glass. They're they're not, you know, stopping guys who get inside. So I do think Kansas can penetrate a little bit. They have the guards. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan. I think the size down low with Dickinson and McCuller, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, I give me Kansas, give me the points, three and a half, four. I'm I'm definitely taking. If I get four and a half, I'm I'm 100 on it. So let's just see where the line opens, obviously. But yeah, even even three and a half is probably going to be a play for me if I can get uh, over a possession with Kansas.
0: Oh yeah, Kansas is looked at as a bad road team, and Iowa State's looked at as a great home team, but this is where right. I think teams are figuring out their road, you know, and that's, this is kind of the position where you, maybe you'd be a little bit more concerned about that, you know? And yeah, Kansas. Yeah. Has that's, 10, why I, 10, 100 and that's why I'm
1: thinking I might see four and a half. Yeah. You really might. You could get four and a half, the five's not off the table here, especially if the market moves it towards the big 12 home team. I'm definitely waiting, especially with dogs on the road, uh, Try to see if I can get the best number possible on Saturday.
0: Yeah, conference numbers. Wow, Iowa State does look bad on the conference. Only 12th in effective field goal. 9- it's weird, right? It's really th- those turnovers just
1: driving everything. It is. A lot it's, of free it, points, it, it, a lot it, of
0: transition. It makes them more like fake news. So <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, well, yeah. well, again, it's, it's really like what happens when
1: a team that comes in that has good assist ratios, that doesn't turn the ball over a lot in, in Kansas, really like, Uh, It tests them Um, and, and the steal rate has been average for Kansas, but I think, I think they figure it out. I think they'll, this is a big test for Bill self. So uh, yeah, I'm a Kansas guy.
0: Number one, let's let's see him do it. Number one in assist to field goal ratio, Kansas and the whole nation. So there you go. That's a great stat to take a look at. All right, let's move on to the next game. I picked, man, I I guess we're going to hang around the Big 12 a little bit. I picked Texas (laughs) versus BYU. I expect BYU to be a big favorite here. Minus seven and a half total, 152. Well, it's crunch time now. Texas knows it. And I still think, I think BYU is a great home court too. and, And they were vulnerable a little bit when they played a great defense like Houston. Houston's ball pressure got to them. They're just chucking up threes. And they should have probably hit more. And I thought BYU probably should have won that game. I was on BYU. It was a tough beat for me. That hook and hold that happened at the end that was not called a hook and hold. You know, (laughs) I called it on the and they reviewed it, but they couldn't see it. I was a little frustrated about that. But I I think seven and a half would be way too much. I mean, some of the sites are calling for eight or nine. It's not that much of a difference, especially when Texas once again is getting disrespected. I think this Texas team is trending up some. Uh, they're underrated in the marketplace. Yep, I both teams have. Uh, both teams are going to have advantages by the rim and shooting the three because both the perimeter defenses on both teams and the uh, near proximity defenses are not as good. So I'm actually looking towards the over as well. If this number is within reason, like a five and a half, a six, maybe I play the over instead. Maybe I play both. But seven and a half, I would take Texas here, Justin.
1: Yep. I, I like it. I think it's, it's the way to go. Um, my next one was, I think, i making sure I have it right here. Yeah. Also stay not, not in the big 12, but I uh, go into my, what I just said, that's Texas A&M team. I'm going to, I'm going to take them probably looking at them on Saturday myself against Ole Miss. It's going to be a interesting game between these teams uh, Again, I I think Texas A&M, you just want to be on this team as they start to get right. Number looking like it's going to be like six-ish. Again, you told you about those shot quality numbers. Expected win by 10. Expected win by 10. That 10-point win is coming. And I think this is it. Um, If you value this offense like shot quality does, they would probably be at least like a top 20, top 15 team and they would not be a 6 point favorite at home they'd be a 9 point favorite at home so that's about where i put this one uh, i think again that double digit win is very possible here for texas am start to figure it out a little bit um that that away win against lsu now this is a big test mississippi uh, you know let's not pretend that this team was one of those undefeated teams they lost to tennessee they've lost to now lsu and auburn on the road so uh, both by significant amounts. So I I do like Texas A&M to get this one done. Um, nine, 10, 11, all spreads, if you like the type of thing, all in play. But yeah, A&M, minus six, minus seven, give it to me.
0: I need, Texas A&M needs this one. And Ole Miss, Ole Miss on the road has been just t- just yeah. bad, you know, very bad. Yeah. And and uh, they haven't had the schedule yet, you know. And, and that's a... That's a big thing to look at obviously schedule um I I think that you look at all their wins early it's like against a Memphis against a NC State you know they did get UCF away and that's that was a bad shooting day for UCF but mm-hmm. but still you know Detroit Mercy it, it, Eastern Washington, you know, these bad teams that they beat. And then every time they went away, they go to Tennessee. They lose by 30. They go to LSU, who's kind of the bottom of the barrel SEC team, lose by nine. And then they go to Auburn and just get boat raced. You know, Uh, SEC home teams have been good. I'm telling
1: you, so yeah, A and M man, let's go. A and M,
0: yeah, I'm with you. And uh, my money line parlay is not terrible to find a dance partner no. with them too, and you'll find plenty of dance partners. No, uh, th- uh, this weekend uh, to make that. I mean, even you know, five. It's, it's taboo, but
1: money line straight. Even uh, you know, yes, yeah. yeah, sure, it's not great, but like, come on, uh, if you exp- if you're projecting a team to win by nine, the money line should be like a hundred, you know, almost a dollar more if it's a full possession. So if I'm getting you know two seventy and I make it three seventy i I do it. I don't do it a lot, but it is it is a very, very respectable way to bet on the money line. I'm, I'm pretty purely spreads so uh, but yeah, I think this is this is a slam spot for am and yeah. i'm I'm on am right now for yeah. sure um, I so, am Until 100%. that shooting comes home you know
0: I'm with you hundred percent there you go. Uh, next game I picked is the TCU versus Baylor. So I guess I'm the one staying with the mm-hmm. big twelve TC break. Yeah. I got ba- i I'm gonna project Baylor minus six, minus five. I hope it's lower. The total's probably gonna be around one fifty four. TCU has been a, a tough nut to crack for me. I was on Oklahoma state when I had four and a half points and that thing was tied with like a minute left and they lose by five. You know, it was, it was just more Oklahoma state. There's a luck factor. And then there's watching these teams choke things away. It's like the, you guys just can't hit at the end. It's a, it's like, it's like they you're going to look like you need luck regression, but for some reason you don't have the winning mentality in the last minute. Nobody's nobody's stepping up to make the big shot. And that's what screwed me on this game. But I still think TCU should have lost that game. And um, maybe the shot yeah. quality score was show that. Uh Baylor, sleeping giant, I feel. Uh six in home definitely. road splits. They rank six. Yeah, you see how good Cryer looked? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> LJ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man.
1: They're definitely regretting that. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, for it's sure.
0: Just, whew. Yeah, L.J. Crier was a massive loss. Yeah, but. I can't believe they let him walk. But anyway, I, I
1: digress. I, I like Baylor, so I was kind of sad. But continue, please. They do look; they do, do still look good.
0: Yeah, they they still and they still have a good coach in Scott Drew, a championship winning coach, you know. And they're off two losses here. You know, this is a big uh, game for them. TCU kind of stole one against Oklahoma State. Um, I I I like Jamie Dixon, but. This team has some holes. They play pretty fast, which means if they're not winning, they're going to lose kind of fast. Um, they're turn, they do turn the ball over, only ranking like 222nd in turnovers. Not the greatest shooting team, but away from home. Uh, well, Baylor, should, first of all, at home shoots 62% effective field goal, which is massive. TCU away from home, 51%. I think this should be a bigger than six. I, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be on baylor up to seven i'm hoping that it's, it's below that i like think it. it will but uh just this this is their spot here and you know what and if this gets on a hand pin with XP, texas a&m you know there's your dance partner right there that'll get you I, to minus 110 right so there you go perfect Sweet. yeah
1: no i like it i like it um my my last game that i was checking out was going on sunday Quinnipiac Fairfield and again this game really does depend on how today goes Quinnipiac playing Mount St. Mary's but uh if Quinnipiac gets slowed up and Mount St. Mary's makes their life difficult I think you get a really favorable line with them going to Fairfield on Sunday Fairfield been running hot um and making kind of mincemeat of some of the lower teams in the MWAC I think Quinnipiac um You know, showing that they might be that team in this conference. It's it's definitely going to be tough. Uh, I don't exactly think they're winning it all uh, in when it comes down to Atlantic City. But yeah, they're they're definitely going to give this Fairfield team a little bit of a run. Beating Iona was a big deal. They're uh, I think what they they've won six straight in conference. They opened with a loss in Buffalo, which is which is one of the toughest things in. MWAC play is going up. You Most teams usually do Canisius and Niagara on a Friday-Sunday split. Um, and then um, that's it. They, that's like their tough road trip of the year. And so they did that early in the season, like this like mid-range window in December, uh, early December. And now they're back into conference play. They haven't lost the game. So they've beaten Ryder, Manhattan, Marist, Siena, Iona. Uh, and Iona at home, a, a big win. Seriously, Iona looking like they still could be champ repeats. But Again, at home against Mount St. Mary's today, then going to Fairfield, I think they can, if you get like plus points on Quinnipiac, if I can get like plus three and a half, uh, I, I expect, I make that game a lot more of like a pick mm. for for Quinnipiac. So, so give, me, give me that line against Fairfield on Sunday for a, one of those, that light day with some action.
0: All right. Love it, man. The Metro Atlantic Fridays and Sundays, man. That's what, My that's what we're looking at. I love it. Now, if anyone knows that conference, it's you. You live right smack dab out there. So uh, I'll be looking at Quinnip- Quinnipiac for sure on that day. My Sunday game that I picked is Rutgers versus hosting Purdue. And I expect Rutgers to be a nine-and-a-half-point dog here, and most of the efficiency sites say 12. The total is mm-hmm. 138. A couple of things about Rutgers is they started out bad, but you got to remember that Mawat Mag wasn't playing for a while, so that kind of put some of their numbers down. Now, Purdue is a killer. They've been on a killer run in the Big Ten. But if you look at some of the history against Rutgers, there's one guy in the Big Ten that kind of has a chance against Zach Eady, and that's Cliff Omerui. You know, that, I agree. That boy has already slowed Edie down. Last year, s- slowed him down enough for those games to go under. They actually beat Purdue on the road last year. Now, yeah. the problem with Purdue or with Rutgers is they can't hit shots. At home, right. they've always been the much better team. But this is a massive spread here, especially for a home team. Purdue possibly on a flat spot. Uh, this is going to be a, I agree. A, a, just a great spot to back Rutgers. But I'm not sure if I'm just backing them. I might bet the under here because the unders are hitting with these players. You know, Purdue ranks 342nd in home road splits. So their offense isn't there like it is at home. 52% effective field goal away from home. A lot of those teams are against less defense. Rutgers only 44% yeah. shooting so far. I, I, I like the under the most probably would i be think it's a game runners. they get up
1: for too you know like you got purdue coming to town no one just sits around and, and pretends like it's nothing um it's definitely a factor you get the target on your back factor uh and and also it's you know a point of dignity when you're a you know 15 point dog at home or something and expected to get walloped and you just want to keep it close and well, guess what? Purdue just needs a reasonable win. They don't have to beat you by twenty. They don't, especially in a flat spot. Maybe you know they got a big game coming up. All that stuff does matter. Um, yeah, I, I like I like a a home a home dog with big points for sure. Uh, fighting tough in their own building.
0: Oh, great stuff! I I can't wait to get into these games, man. And wow, we've already went about fifty I mean, minutes. It's like there's just there's just so much to talk about. We can go on forever, man. But before you there go, is. Yeah. Before you go, give me your. I mean, this is obviously you don't have to stand by this or live by it. Give me, give me the champion this year. Who you got for the champ? Who who's winning it all, buddy? Oh man. Uh, I think
1: if you put your money on a team that's you know Arizona, Purdue, uh, you know those, Houston. Those are my three. Uh, I I do think those are those are the, the ones to beat. I really, I really think Houston can get over the hump this year. I feel like we were just a little early on them last year. Arizona, I just, I don't know what's up with that program, but I cannot trust them.
0: It's hard to time. trust them. It's hard.
1: Uh, I mean, but they, the guard play is really elevated this year, and then it could just be produced time. Like you know, they have expanded the team's abilities a little bit. They can, they have shooters now, so it's not just fully dependent on ED. This floor is a lot better space yeah i if i had to take a team i i do think i do think it would be houston this season um so january 25th i stake my foot in the ground uh but again yukon's right there and Klingens a nba big and and you know newton's a, a high level guard castle like man it's gonna be it's gonna be glorious and then kansas with hunter dickinson and a lot of dark horses. It's gonna be fun. BYU, Creighton, all these teams could make some noise. Uh, you know, it's even even your Badgers, man. Like there's there's,
0: they there's gotta, a lot going they, on. They, they got to work on be that, a good year. They got to work on that uh, that defense down low, my man. That's what they gotta do. That's yeah, a, yeah. terrible uh, at, sure. at at letting guys get to the rim. And so if they fix that a little, it's not gonna be Crowell that fixes it. It's probably gonna be. Some of the backups, you know, it's not, it's not him. Someone's got to grow up.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. UConn. Sorry, I'm going with UConn. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it and it sucks. I'm going to go with the last year's champ. Are you freaking serious? Well, man, I mean, (laughs) I don't know why. Repeat. I don't know why Clegan stayed. Um, I I think, Uh, I think maybe he wasn't as high as a prospect as he wanted to be being how different the NBA is. But the dude's yep. are just a massive yep. beast, and now look at Tristan Newton over there, and they're number three in adjusted offensive efficiency, twenty eighth on defense. I think they, they, do, can- everything. they so do everything. They do everything, and Dan Hurley's a fantastic coach. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel like you get the right bracket, they're going to bust through it again. It's um, I, I'd like to say North Carolina maybe too, but you know, it, it's it's fun to talk about. Uh, yeah it's gonna be interesting and um i I hate to have to pick the last year's champ, but they just look like the champs again I'm sorry
1: <laughs> I do I do you just gotta hope they don't get cold at the wrong time, but that's what it comes down to a little luck getting hot, your opponent not and uh you know stringing it together for a few games and then you're in the final weekend and we're in Phoenix and it's you know March 30th so hopefully well, before cool. you know it, man, two months.
0: Well, you know who's always hot and that's shot quality bets. And Justin, I appreciate you coming on and talking to us and I love it. I love talking basketball. You do too. I watch all your little walks and central park and all that. I got to go back. You got, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's a little cold, but you can make it
1: back. Uh, Where could our listeners get great information? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. uh, Give us a follow. All of the accounts for shot quality bets are just at shot quality bets. We have Instagram, we have a discord, we have, Twitter, we're very active on Twitter. I post my pick of the day every single morning for SQ, which has been doing really well. So, if you want a little introduction to what we're doing and to sort of catch up on all the, you know, what's going on on the site, definitely tune in on YouTube every single morning. It's a five minute, you know, what's up and a pick. Which, you know, I think we're like forty eight and twenty seven, something stupid. But uh, no, it's been a lot of fun. I'm my Twitter's right there. Just give me a follow. Do a lot of fun stuff. A little baseball in the off season too. So. Uh, it's a good time. Everything really trying to be based on these expected metrics as being as predictive as possible, ignoring randomness, variance, and the craziness that, you know, feels like 70% of our bets depend on every single time. So, but really appreciate the chance to come and talk. And it's
0: always a good time. So see you soon. Awesome stuff. Make sure you guys check out Justin at Justin Perry eight. Thanks again, Justin. Now it is time for. The Sharp Side of the Force. Sharp Side of the Force is brought to you by Bet MGM. For an up to $1,500 sign up bonus, please visit the slash bet now. Terms, conditions, and locations apply. All right. Well, here we are. Sharp NFL. This is the last Sharp Side of the Force for this season. Always love to talk a little sharp money when it comes to current games going on. But in basketball, it's just too hard to do because the lines are out too early. But we'll be back for next year all right Chiefs Ravens it looks like the Ravens are the sharp side kind of going from minus three to minus three and a half some fours popping up 52 percent of the tickets and 67 percent of the money on the Ravens Lions Niners uh, Niners a little bit of the sharp side 49 percent of the tickets at the minus seven and 65 percent of the money It's getting a little high, obviously. I like the 7.5 and and I think a few pops. So if you uh, have that chance, that is our free play at the 7.5 when you can get it. Going to sharp totals. You know, uh, the Chiefs under hit, and it was 45.5 down to 44.5, 33% of the tickets with 63% of the money. And then the Lions, a uh, little bit more money on the over, 51 to 51.5, 59% of the tickets, 69% of the money. So a little bit more sharp side on the over. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Hope you enjoyed our guest, Justin Perry, talking all the hoops. And we'll be back next week for more great information and plays if you have any questions feel free to uh, email us at info at theozbreakers.com tweet us at Ozbreakers. enjoy the rest of your week enjoy all of the games and go get some winners